Welcome to Elite Team Athletics Podcast. Be sure to check us out on iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. Click that subscribe button and leave a comment. Anyways, I got my guy Q in here. I'm your host, Kyle Coglatori, and let's get right into it. Q, what's up? Not much, man. Uh, long overdue. Long overdue. How you doing? Ah, oh, man, dude, you, you got a kid on the way. I got a kid. It's, it's just crazy. It's hectic jobs. You know how it goes. I'm glad we're back, though. I missed you. It's good to see your face. Good to yeah. hear your voice. Life, life is evolving, to say the least. We're, you know, getting a new addition to the family, and uh, we're going to welcome her in really nice. But, in other words, we're, we're back here for another episode. Yes, we are. What do you, I mean, there's so much to talk about right now. I mean, uh, you know, a big fan of the show, Dawson Garcia, just committed to the Gophers. We'll see yeah. if they, they allow him to, to play right away. But then we also got NBA basketball playoffs right now. We got the NFL draft tomorrow. Man, there's so much we could talk about. Where, where do you want to start? You want to talk about the Gophers first? You want to talk about the playoffs? What do you want to do? Um, we can do the Gophers, you know. It's, uh, it's exciting for them to get, you know, some hometown talent. You know, it's been a while since, you know, one of the kids here, you know, obviously has transferred in. You know, we got a new class and. I'm excited for him, you know. Obviously, he gets to play back home. You know, he has his family near close, which is, you know, what means the most. And, you know, it should be an exciting year. Dude, I'm excited to see what uh, Taylon Cooper does, too. Him and Dawson, both them. I mean, I- I'm curious to see how De- Ben's going to play it. I think he's he's saying Dawson at the four. But, man, I'd love to see him playing the three or the four and them getting some big boy like he was playing with Baycott at UNC. If they could get a big five, I think they'd be scary in so long. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be unique to see how, you know, Ben Johnson plays it out as far as, you know, the rotations. I, I know it's going to add a lot of you know, versatility to their lineup, and um, that could cause a lot of matchup problems come, you know, this next season. So I'm sure he'll, he'll have a few different rotations, you know, a big lineup, a small lineup, you know, a faster a shooting lineup and it's nice to have options now you know oh yeah oh yeah it sounds like it sounds like this Taylon is like a a real point guard like a true point guard which is hard to find these days so I'm, I'm curious to see how he's gonna play and, and divvy up the ball give the rock to you know Jamison obviously is gonna need these shots so is Dawson but it sounds like they're looking for a two guard man I just feel like a big five would be would be money in the big 10 it's, it's a rough game in the big 10 it is. Um, a five is, you know, very tough to find nowadays, especially, you know, fives that are at the Baycott caliber. You know, the the Oscar from uh, Kentucky, the guy that, you know, averaged 17 and 17. Like, you don't find those too often nowadays. And now the game has transitioned to more of a faster pace, more athletic rather than your traditional Shaq five. But um, it's, it'll be, it'll be nice if they can find a big that can, you know, solidify the paint, man, a, a perfect fit would be Reggie Lynch. If Reggie Lynch could be plugged into this, a guy who wants to play defense and rebound, God, he'd be a, he'd be exactly what I envisioned would be a perfect fit. Again, Ben's got different views. Obviously he's the one, you know, controlling the bus, but he's driving. I'm just here yeah, watching. For sure. We'll see, uh, you know, come this, this upcoming year. Looking forward to it. 
Me too, me too. Um, you want to jump into playoffs? I know you got some takes for me. Yeah, let's talk some uh, some NBA. Well, um, first off, huh, what do you think about these injuries going forward? You know, Devin Booker suffered a hamstring injury and is out two to three weeks. Obviously, it's a one versus eight seed matchup over there, so not too worried about it. But going into the next round, uh, that might cause some issues. You know, injuries are an unfortunate part of the game. Everybody wishes they could you know, sign into 2K and turn injuries off, but that's not reality. Um, I, I do think the Suns are going to be just fine. I mean, it's it, they're. I mean, I think they're the best team team in the NBA as far as playing together and everything like that. I feel like you're going to see some guys step up that are going to relish the opportunity and shine, you know? So I'm not overly concerned. I, I think if, if they lost CP3, it'd be more of a scare. But CP's healthy. Devin Booker's going to come back and shoot lights out. I mean, it's shoot or shoot. He's going to be fine. I'm, I'm not overly concerned for him at all. Chris Middleton, I, I, that one I'm more worried about for the Bucks. Yeah, definitely a, a drop-off for the Bucks. You know, Middleton's averaging, I think, about close to 20 points a game. And, you know, obviously about five, six boards, four or five assists. So, Kind of a, a do-it-all type of player, as Devin Booker is as well. Um, it should be interesting in the next round. I know it's going to hurt Milwaukee more than Phoenix because they're going to play Boston next round. So now we saw what Boston did to Brooklyn, and no one thought that was going to happen. Nobody. A sweep? Go to the playoffs, they were talking about tearing down Boston. Going into the playoffs. Saying you got to pick Jason or you got to pick Jalen. And now look at them. Now they're saying it's the best matchup ever. Don't get rid of them. I mean, they almost traded Marcus Smart to the Wolves at deadline. Man, I don't know what Brooklyn was doing, but I don't think Ben Simmons was the answer either. <laughs> I think the Wolves got to swoop in there and steal Ben Simmons. Right now, his, his obviously his price tag is the lowest it's ever going to be. Go get him. Bring him back to his best friends, Carl, D'Lo. I, I just feel like if you're committed to Cat being a centerpiece, the cornerstone for your franchise, I mean, this is your only chance to match these guys up who, who are friends. Like, I, I think that's – chemistry is obviously a big part of teams. So, I think that's the only way you swing for the fences. If those three don't work out together, then you break it down and just build around Ant for his next contract. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously they're going to do what they're going to do. I don't know if he sticks around long-term in Brooklyn, but I, I don't see how, you know, the dynamic of Ben Simmons, obviously defensively, yeah, it makes a difference, but offensively he's really not going to give you too much. I mean, he's athletic, obviously he can get to the rim, but if you follow him, I feel like he's still going to be in that conversation of free-throw shooters who – you know, aren't shooting higher than 60%. So he's a liability on the offensive end. You know, I mean, he's, he's going to be able to make assists for you. But then again, how can he assist the ball if, you know, primary ball handlers, you know, Kyrie and KD, they need to have the ball in their hand in order to make plays. So how many plays are is he going to make in order to make a difference? I don't know. I, I, I'll say this, though. They could have used him this weekend. That Claxton was not, not it. He, whoa. I mean, I just threw out a 
a 60% clip. He was at, I think he was 0 for 9 or 0 for 10 at a point. For but the record, he set the points. NBA record, beat Shaq's record. Shaq was ecstatic. I've seen bad free throw shooters in my lifetime. I don't think I've ever seen anyone miss 10 straight. We're talking, you know, DeAndre Jordan shooting, you know, low 40s and, you know, Shaq and his, you know, mid 40s, low 50 percentile. I've never seen anyone miss 10 in a row. That's a lot. That's a lot of free points you just didn't take. And obviously they lost by, you know, I don't whatever the deficit was. I know his free throw attempts were more than the deficit. Oh, for sure. This is not attempts, I should say. <laughs> that makes a difference. But that, that hurts, you know. You got someone who's getting fouled like that and can't, you know, at least give you one out of two. You know, you're giving away free possessions. You know what? There's things, though, that I don't understand. And maybe you could break it down to me. Um, I don't understand. And the same thing with the Wolves last night, Brooklyn. Brooklyn and the Wolves getting killed on the boards. And the thing is, you have a guy like Claxton in, who's a smaller, more athletic guy, but why not put in LaMarcus Aldridge as well as Blake Griffin? And and last night, too, that Clark, Clark looked like the 2.0 second coming of, of Charles Barkley. So, why not throw in Greg Monroe alongside Cat just to see what we could do? Eliminate so the rebounds, at least. This is where, you know, I feel like, you know, I was talking to my wife about this, and she was saying, you know, obviously the NBA is the NBA, basketball is basketball. You know, the coaches can only tell you so much. You know, the players can only, you know, execute to perfection. So the coach is putting the players in place, quote-unquote, to succeed. I feel like Steve Nash wasn't doing that with the group that he had. He had an extremely talented group if you look on paper. But the way they were playing in the in the playoffs, not the season, the playoffs where execution means the most. Mm-hmm. They weren't executing anything because they weren't running anything. If you look at a lot of the offensive possessions in the playoff games in that series, it's a lot of, you know, one pass cut, ISO dribble down ISO. Obviously, we know Kyrie is a magician with the ball. I love watching him ISO, but that's not going to win you playoff games. Going one-on-one, every possession or majority of the possessions are just not going to get it done. You're getting KD a high post double team. like That's not a good entry point to your offense. And that's going to force tough shots. Boston is a great defensive team. They have size, strength, length, at every position, that was the matchup to expose them. And what did Steve Nash do? Did he make any adjustments? No. So the outcome of them being swept, I'm not surprised in how they perform. They deserve to be swept. Deserve to be swept, but I did not see that coming. Bro, I, I had a conversation the day before the game where I was like, there's, there's no way that Brooklyn goes out like this. I was just like, there's no way. It's KD and Kyrie. I was a believer in Brooklyn still, even being down 3-0. Going into game one, I was saying I would take the Nets. I didn't personally take them just because I didn't touch the game at all. But after game one, I saw it was a pretty close game. Tatum had a a game-winning layup. I'm like, okay, they played them tough. 
you know, game two, you know, they're going to make the proper adjustments, see where they lacked some possessions, where they could have had some points or gave up some, you know, defensive laps. Okay, game two, you go into it, different scheme, you know, obviously you're on the road, make the adjustments, you win the close game. Didn't happen. I'm like, okay, well, they went down two and on the road. Now they're back in Brooklyn. It's their turn to get theirs, you know? <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Boston did the same thing because Brooklyn did the same thing. So after that, you know, no team's ever come back, you know, down 3-0. We know how that story goes. Dude. I couldn't believe it. I'm still in shock. I, I can't believe Katie and Kyrie went out like that. And, and they're saying that they're going to break it down or what are they going to do? I mean, the roster is still unbelievable. Even if you take away Ben. For sure. Like, I mean, I, I thought they had enough to win. But when you just have the, the singular action of just I give it to you and you go ISO, the defense is going to commit to the best players. Like, I'll live with Bruce Brown scoring – 27 points because that means your superstars Kyrie and and Durant aren't scoring then more than likely you're not going to win so let him get 30 because he's not going to do that again and we'll win let's digress to uh, the heat you see what Kyle Lowry was doing to uh, Hunter yeah, uh, Lowry is one of those guys that he's like a a watered down Patrick Beverly. You know, he's like he plays with a similar emotion, a similar passion, but he isn't you know all into the theatrics. Pat Bev is more animated. You know, we know what we get from him, but you know Lowry's gonna try to get under your skin in a way that isn't as expressive. Oh, and then you're going to do some weird shit to show that, as we saw. But I've never seen that before in my life. I've never seen somebody run into somebody and then ride it out and then flop, flail, whatever you call it. I don't even know what to call that. Yeah, I remember a few players doing that, uh, you know, before they had all these review rules and stuff like that because you couldn't get away with that now. What did you think of the Hawks? I thought the Hawks did what they were going to do. I was expecting them to put up performances, you know, where they couldn't really outplay the Heat. The Heat, you know, they're they're a tough group, you know, especially with Hero coming off the bench, playing how he's played this season. You know, our boy Duncan, he's, you know, shot the ball well. He's had some good games as well, so... It's a. Uh, it's what I expected. I expected the Heat to dominate that. I thought they would sweep. I mean, one game. Obviously, you're gonna get one game out of the series where, you know, everything's going for the the home team. So they stole one in Atlanta. Obviously, they should at home, but the Heat ended up putting them away for one. So, I, I expected that. And they did it without Jimmy and Flowery. That's pretty impressive to me. Yeah, they got some some good. You know, versatility over there at, at every position. They got guys that can shoot the ball well. And they're and dogs. They got, yeah, they got some dogs on the defensive end, too. So, 
the Heat, they lost Capella in the play-in game as well, so I didn't expect them to be as explosive. So I knew I knew that they wouldn't have enough. The second, I, I just remember seeing that one transition where it was Trey Young going from uh, P.J. Tucker to then Bam to then switch to Jimmy all in the same play. Like, that was the crazy – like, I could not imagine that. That's got to be Trey's worst nightmare. I bet he's having nightmares every night now. Like, what just happened? Man, I'm sure he's fine, dude. Got <laughs> a $200 million contract. It's after him games are over, he's back to living his life. So that's the thing, you know. I'm sure they're, you know, eager to get back in the gym and, you know, train for the next season. But then again, you know, they're they're pros. They know losses come with the game. You can't get too caught up in it. What would you think of that Jazz-Dallas series? I honestly haven't watched – a whole game of that series just because the first two games Luca was out so it kind of lost my interest at that point but to see Dallas you know Brunson's been playing super well in the absence of Luca also with you know Luca being there he's been playing well this season also but I'll yeah I expect Dallas to win I don't think Utah's who they were, you know, a couple of years ago, where they would make a deep playoff run and, you know, four, six, or seven every series. But, you know, I feel like that team's going to, you know, break apart soon. Mitchell, Mitchell, uh, he's going to need some more help. Yeah, Gobert. I, I really think they, they clearly don't mesh quite right. You know, it's just not a good fit. Yeah. They don't mix like Shaq and Kobe. You know me. Nah. But, I mean, that Brunson, I, I keep thinking about Cuban. Cuban could assign him to an offer sheet for $55 million, or It was 55 or 53 this season and didn't do it. Now they're saying Brunson's out of there and he's going to get over 80. I believe it. I mean, go, you know, obviously it's, it's your life. You know, do you want to contend for a championship, which you'll have – the potential to do so on this team or will you test free agency, go to a team that's stronger in that position or do you chase the money? The money. So whatever, uh, you know, floats your boat in that situation, you know, do what's best for you. you know, obviously, mm. we're not going to Once you get that second contract, then you can kind of think about those other things. You got to get that second life-changing money contract first. I agree. I'm, I mean – He's definitely going to take advantage of the free agency market, and I'm sure he'll get everything he's worth and some. Well, then let's talk about our uh, Wolves, our underachieving Wolves. You know, we, technically this series should already be over. They gave away two of them. So now we're down one, got to win out. The odds are heavily stacked against us. Best case scenario, we get one more. I mean, you see them winning in Memphis? Man, this is tough. They had an opportunity to win in Memphis and then go back home to close it out. Would have been tough either way. But they they play good when they come out with their foot on the gas. If they come out and lay an egg early and then they're fighting from behind, that's not the way they want to play. And the thing is, like, it's kind of reverse psychology. You almost want them to play that way because, you know, it's a, a game of runs. You know, teams don't stop competing. 
and some teams do. Now, we've seen Memphis lose a lead. We've seen the Wolves lose a lead. So, down to the stretch, they got to execute. You know, they're up 10 points with, like, four minutes left, and all of a sudden, you know, it's a tie game with two and a half left, and, you know, you got Edwards hitting corner threes to tie the game with a few seconds left. Like, they shouldn't have been in that position. And then I, I take this back to my Steve Nash comment. You know, it's kind of playoff experience. You know, obviously the Wolves are young. You know, they haven't had that playoff experience as a unit. This is their first series all together. So playoff basketball is a little different. I mean, you got to execute down the stretch. Like the the game went a layup with John Moran. Man, what the Edwards hell is Ant doing, bro? Made the greatest play of his career and then turned around and made the worst play of his career. If Ant doesn't reach... You go to overtime and you have a chance to win. More than likely, Jao wasn't going to get a bucket on Ant with two seconds left if he was straight up. Oh, dude. And he, I mean, I, even if Jaw's wide open, I like those odds of him shooting a jump shot over a layup. I agree. I mean, and I'm not saying he's not a good shooter or anything like that, but I mean, I'm not as confident in Ja Morant as a jump shot shooter than I am him going to the rim. I highly agree. And how much time do you remember was left on the clock when he when they had that out of bounds play? I think it I think was like three six. Three six. So the odds of him getting that steal from yeah what the, the three f- point line and going down to finish because they had no timeouts. He said the he odds- said he had his mind made up before they even got the ball. He said he that was his mind made up that that's what he was going to do. Oh, man. I was like, this is the last thing you should be committing to. What are we doing? That's tough. That's, and then, and, I mean, I've heard people say, chalk it up, 20-year-old kid, right? But Sure. Dude, I mean, all we've yeah, done this whole thing. Like, wouldn't be in that position. I'm going to be completely honest in being just transparent. I have never been more upset watching a series because of how sloppy it has been. And the Wolves have been sloppy all year. Don't get me wrong. But it's been hard to watch these games for both sides. Like, Memphis is nasty. The Wolves are nasty. They both make a ton of mental mistakes throughout the whole game. It's just sloppy. Players are all over the place. Refs are all over the place. The crying from the Wolves is, I mean, Cat specifically, it's just hard to watch, man. I, I'm sitting there getting all my blood pressure all worked up the whole time I watch the game. Even when they win, I'm, like, pissed the whole game. I just get put in bad moods. It's funny because I've been kind of uh, – I've been, you know, betting on each side, right? So I believe it was game game two. Or no, it might have been game three. I took – the Wolves. So I was rooting for the Wolves. Game four, I took the Grizzlies. So I'm just back and forth. And I'm like, oh, why is this? You know, obviously you can see the sloppiness in the play. And, you know, it's just they're, they're kind of loose with the ball here and there. But a lot of foul trouble issues as well. I've been seeing a lot of fouls this series, man. I think a Jackson fouled out. I want to say a game. Towns fouled out. Didn't Ja fall one game too? I thought he fouled. Yeah. Ja fouled out. Um, What's his name? Dylan Brooks. He's been in foul trouble. Like, it's been a lot of fouls, man. 
Kyle Anderson's been in foul. I think I think it was game three. Mm-hmm. Every every starter and then the the one bench guy Kyle Anderson had uh, four Pat, or more fouls. Pat Bev had five. Pat Pat's Pat. had moments of greatness, but he's also had moments of absolute atrociousness. Like the past two games, and I love the energy, but I do not understand. And, and, and just straight up honesty, Pat, you are maybe our fourth option on offense. If Vanderbilt is in the game, you're four. You're the fourth option. We do not need you coming down any possession, deciding to drive at the beginning of the clock into a bunch of trees to toss up some weird layup. That's just not what we need, especially when there's only three minutes left in the game. We don't need that. I don't want to see it. I love everything else you're doing, but I, I, I don't understand where you think that you got to play hero ball. But then again, I see Cat finally get the ball in his hands. Minutes left this past game, he dribbles it off his foot. The only person, people, that I wanted to see the ball in their hands, actually, at the end of the game was D'Lo or Ant. I agree. They should be your primary ball handlers and decision makers. And I'm, I don't know, I, I feel like I you know, watch enough Wolves games and enough basketball, period, to understand situation and mismatches. But why don't we see Towns on the block ever, ever? He shoots such a high clip from that, you know, area, but all he wants to do is shoot threes. I know you won the three-point contest and all. You're, you're a fantastic shooter, and you hit a lot of threes when, you know, the Wolves need them. But you could have an easy, you know, 12 to 18 points in the paint on top of the threes that you make. And free throws. I feel like, I, and again, I could be completely wrong, but with what I'm seeing right now, I'd like to see Monroe in there with Cat, just to see it. That'd be a bigger lineup, yeah. Go just to post, see it. Run some high-level action. Because right now we're having to play Jaden McDaniels at the four, which I love Jaden, but he's also a young guy. He makes some, you know, just mental mistakes often. And he, you know, he gets in foul trouble a lot, but him, he, he's much better suited at the three. And I could tell he's somewhat uncomfortable playing the four. And right now we need him in there for size. I mean, Vando's out with fouls. So, I mean, I'd rather see Jaden be guarding a guard. So if we're going to go big, let's go real big. Throw Greg in there. You know what I mean? Are, are they that scared? They can't keep up. Like what, what's worse than what we just saw. We just saw. Um, last night, Cat completely leave Brandon alone, change all of the, the whole atmosphere of the whole stadium. When Brandon Clark had a wide open tomahawk jam, head up to the rim, because Tareem Prince didn't get to, I mean, he just didn't get over at all. It wasn't even like he tried. He just didn't get over to help. And I mean, maybe you don't do that hedge then. You just leave Greg back so we don't have to see those kinds of game-changing plays. You know, you, you see stuff like that. You see that Brandon Clark, you see a John Morant, those giant dunks. I just feel like it takes all the wind right out of your sails. I agree. Um, you know, obviously you like the you know, John Morant one. What was Beasley thinking? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I'm sorry, but there's a lot of high flyers on my list that I would not step up to take a charge on. I understand you're sacrificing your body for the team, but 
you know, in regards to becoming, you know, someone's wallpaper, I'm not taking a charge on someone who can jump from almost the free throw line. With his head at the rim the whole time. Yeah. I don't don't know if there's a guy with more bounce in the NBA than John Morant right now. Him and Levine. I'm going to take a charge on a guy who's not going to explode over the rim. Other than that, I will wall up. I'm going to, you know, meet you, you know, before you take off and foul you, I am not getting on your poster. Mm-hmm. If you and it was no call. So that made it worse. Like they could at least call an and one to make it worse or. And, and the weird layup he did right after that, he completely missed it and gave the ball right back to Memphis. So they just carried that momentum even further. Like, oh man. Yeah. Malik didn't have a great game. He's been great, though, like, as of late, since the All-Star break. But this series, he's only played, I think, one great game where I was like, damn, he was killing it. But otherwise, he's been quiet, I feel like. Yeah, it's been a, it's been an up-and-down series, but I'm excited for game six, man. I, I think I might have to snag some tickets and go. I don't know that might be the one. I, I honestly wonder if I'm the jinxie, man. I feel like when I'm – like, if I go take a piss break or something and I come back, Wolves are up. If I start watching, then we go down. I, I might be the jinx. I might just have to quit watching, bro. We might win games if I quit watching. Nah, that's – the games are going to happen how they happen. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like that sometimes, too, even when I'm betting on games. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, whenever I watch, this happens when I don't. Like, the outcome is going to be the outcome. So, don't blame yourself. <laughs> blame the officials before you blame yourself. I just feel bad for my wife when I'm in these bad moods because Minnesota can't have anything nice. It really disappoints me. And, and now leading into, we've got we've got them coming back to Minnesota, but then we've got the draft tomorrow. And I'm already scared the Minnesota Vikings are about to F up my draft and not take who we should be taking. And it, it, I, I just, I don't like any of it. I'm just actually really nervous. I, I just assume the worst now. Like, I don't even have hope anymore. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. I I haven't been paying too much attention to the uh, football side, so you know I'm gonna pay attention to my team when it's time to draft and see what we do, and you know see if we can put up another uh, mediocre season. <laughs> all I all I know is um, you know the Jaguars just uh, extended Cam Robinson, who's been an I don't even know if you could say that he's been an average left tackle, but I'm guessing now with that number one pick. They are not taking a left tackle. So we're going to see a DN. And it's likely going to be Aiden, Kevon, or this Trayvon Walker. And the crazy part about this Trayvon Walker is he did not produce in college. He, he was on a great def- Georgia defense, defensive team. But if you really look at the tape, he only got sacks from the inside. So he didn't get any from the outside. He's supposed to be a DN. The only reason why there's all this talk about him is because he's reminding everybody of Alden Smith because of the combine workout he had. He ran a 4'5". A he's almost 6'6". He's like 272 pounds, and everybody thinks that they can unleash the potential of this gigantic specimen of a human. But I, I, a part of me thinks, you know, if you didn't do it, you didn't do it at a high level, like, are you really going to risk a first, a, the one the first overall pick, the 1.01 on a guy with potential, I feel like that's a lot of risk. You know, some people have compared him to Neil Hunter. The Neil Hunter was taken in, like, the third round. 
You know what I mean? I feel like if you're using your first pick, it's got to be somebody you know is going to be a starter, not just somebody who's got potential. I agree. Um, you know, you want to make sure the risk that you're taking is worth taking, you know? So, you know, uh, obviously their franchise is in ultimate rebuild mode. So hopefully they're adding pieces on, you know, they did one thing by, you know, the coach, but it's going to take a lot more than that to turn that organization around. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they got a long way to go. I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence, man. I feel so bad for that kid. What do you what do you want to see the Vikes do with their first pick, the twelfth? Um obviously, you know, I don't know what they need the most, but utilize it, you know, in something that's gonna, you know, help you win some ball games, not only this season, but for seasons to come. You know, it's uh, you know, obviously DBs, you know, obviously, you know, you got good receivers, you know, some something that's going to make an impact immediately and also be a franchise player, you know, maybe in a couple of years. You know, I, for me, I feel like you kind of got to go best player available. And for you sure. Gotta, you got to understand what players contain the most value. And by that, I mean, you probably want to stay away from a running back in the first round because you're going to be able to find one in the third, fourth, fifth round, Right. You might want to stay away from a nose tackle because you're going to find one later in the draft, or you just could go plug one in in free agency usually, right? Even if the guy's the most talented guy. So that's like a Jordan Davis, and I love him. But the fact is, if he's only going to play on the field for two plays, it's probably not worth your first pick in the draft. But then, you know, it's a pass-happy league, so you're probably talking your your quarterback, your DNs, your, your tackles, your offensive tackles, and your receivers and your cornerbacks. And, I mean, everybody's kind of saying that Derek Stingley is going to fall to the, the, the Vikes, which from everything I'm reading, sounds like that's a dream. Sounds like he's probably going to be more like top five, so I doubt he makes it to 12. Um, and then after that, it's kind of a drop-off, where it's like you might get the same kind of player if you're in the 20s to 30s. So unless you see somebody with, like, crazy potential, like, and to me, it'd be like a Garrett Wilson. I love that kid. If he fell to 12, I'd say pull the trigger on receiver, even though we don't need a receiver. Steelen's getting older. He's, what, like 32, 33. He's getting up there. Um, I think he already did his restructure. The odds of him being around after this year are probably getting pretty low. He might be here one more season after this, unless he takes some incredible discount, which I don't see happening. Um, but I could see his you know, situation kind of fizzling out, just like Kyle Rudolphs did. And then you got two young kids who are just freakish explosive in this, you know, I guess 2.0 Rams offense. Um, but if you could see a Kyle Hamilton fall, who I think is probably, if not the best player, top three player in the draft. But then another one that would be intriguing is if Malik Willis does fall and he gets to 12. I think you really got to think to yourself, if Kirk Cousins is not the answer, there's no way in hell if Kirk's playing quarterback, you're going to get higher than 12 next year in the draft. So if you get somebody who's the potential of a Malik Willis, who's, you know, on par with a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields, I think you got to pull the trigger, man. Get that rookie contract. If Kirk really does walk, then you can fill all kinds of other spaces on the, on the roster. 
I don't know, man. I, 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 and I don't even love the QB class. So, like, that's up in the air. I, in a dream scenario, it would be like a, a Garrett Wilson or a Derek Stringley or, or Kyle Hamilton. Those would be my top three. But I don't know if, you know, either one of them will make it to 12. That is a extremely, you know, intriguing question. Um, I don't think someone of Wilson's nature will be around at 12, but even if so, you know, obviously, you know, Kirk's current situation. Is there zero hopes for the Kellen Mond party? Zero. Zero. I feel bad for Kellen. Kellen is not going to have a chance. It's done. I highly doubt Kellen Mond will ever get. Look at Josh Rosen. That dude is a 10th overall pick. Next year, got a new uh, coach. He's never got a chance since. He's bounced around to like four or five teams. I think he's a free agent right now, actually. I mean, and that dude was a 10th overall pick. People thought he could have gone one that year. So, I mean, I sit there and I think about Kellen. Kellen, a third overall pick, or I mean, third round pick. There's no chance. No chance. No chance. Unless all of a sudden Zimmer comes back or comes back with the Cowboys, and then they beg him to come be the backup for Dak. If Zimmer gets the job, if McCarthy fumbles it. Man. I'm just telling you, man, that's his only chance. End up in the Cowboys next year if, if McCarthy uh-huh. sucks this year. He's not ending up in Dallas. Zimmer, Zimmer's number two. He's next in line if McCarthy messes it up. Uh, no, sir. No, Him sir. And Jerry go way back. Uh, won't do that one. <laughs> Well, let, let's talk about your boy Mel. Mel just signed to, re, to, to reunite with Russell Wilson with the Broncos. Him and Javante Williams going to be sharing that backfield another season. He got, I think the deal is like a one year up to a 5.5 mil. I mean, he's got to be happy to you know be on a contender. Yeah, I mean, late as this far you know into his career, you know, I believe this is what year eight for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's obviously you want to be on the team. It's time to compete for, you know, a Super Bowl. You know, obviously yeah. they got to upgrade at the quarterback position. They're going to get a, some healthier this year. I think that Jerry Judy was out for a while. They all were. The whole yeah. team was a mess a last year. Were pretty banged up. So, you know, I think it'll be a, a good year for them. Uh, he's in a good situation still. He knows he's going to be able to tote the rock. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson is just, you know, one of those guys that can change an organization, you know, inspire some, you know, some new teammates, you know, bring that leadership that he, he had in Seattle for so many years. And you know, I think they're going to, you know, be a good playoff team this season. It should be on paper. I mean, barring injuries, that's the tough part about the NFL, but barring injuries, there's going to be give me some crazy crazy teams this year some powerhouses especially that whole division oh my god the broncos the chargers the chiefs the raiders all four of those are scary and they've all done crazy things on paper to their roster i mean the chargers adding khalil mack with joey bosa what the what what i would not want to see either one of them yeah, that's uh, going to be fun to see. <laughs> Man, that's that's an insane dynamic right there. 
And then you and then you look at you look at the Chiefs. They lose Tyree Kill. They're gonna add all that draft capital, which I'm sure they're gonna be able to plug a bunch of places in. Um, but you replace him with Miko Hardman, who I think people are gonna be surprised about. Do I think Miko's Tyree Kill? No. But do I think he can do some things that Tyreek did? Yes. I do think that it's going to be a down year for Patrick Mahomes just because I think the talent level is going to be down so much compared. I mean, he's got to play all those teams twice. That's six games. That's going to be like playing the Super Bowl each game. Like people, I mean, the worst team is like the Chiefs could be bottom of that class, but or, or division. But the, the Raiders probably on paper are who I'd say is the lower tier of them. But, I mean, they just added Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams along with Waller and Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. They're going to be very, very good. Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, their defense is – I wouldn't sleep on them. The Chiefs, the Chiefs and, the, and, the, and the Raiders might be the lowest talent compared to the Broncos and the Chargers. Everybody All I know is that division is going to be a dogfight every night and – there should be no other Monday night football game but AFC West football. Agreed. I'm, I'd, I'd be scared to be in that division. That's the scariest division in football. Well, if you can win there, you can win anywhere. So that's – If you don't get beat up on the way out. That's true, but that'll be a good test for you, you know, come playoff time. You'll be battle-tested already, so you'll know how to overcome adversity. The only thing that I'm kind of sad about, low-key, is I'm kind of sad that Bob Miller switched to the Bills and not staying with the Broncos. The Broncos might have a legit chance this year, and it would have been cool to see him do it there. But, I mean, you got to take the money. Uh, printing him. He's playing. He's fooling them boys. Get another $100 million contract, he's playing them like a fiddle. Hey. Take advantage. Take advantage. Well, bruv, it was a good episode. I'm glad to have you back. Let's get on soon. Yes, sir. Certainly. Sure we're going to have plenty of news after tomorrow. In 24 hours, we're going to find out a lot more stuff. Yeah, definitely. We're going to have some more NBA news because the Bucks are going to finish the Bulls tonight. Let's get it. Sure.